everyone, and welcome back to Marlin's Corner. Uh, happy, happy Spooktober. We're in it, folks. It's that skeleton time of year. Spooky, spooky skeletons, jack-o'-lanterns, and all things creepy uh, and otherwise uh, spine-tingling. Uh, we're excited to bring you some supernatural uh, and spooky coverage for this uh, month of October in Marlin's Corner. Uh, and we're going to start off with uh, Oats Studio uh, on Netflix um, by none other than Neil Blomkamp. Uh, and if you know a lot of his work, he's known for uh, some creepy, some very unnerving properties. Um, the goal behind Oats Studio is that it's an independent film studio. It started way back in 2017 by Neil himself, uh, and they really wanted to like create this kind of experimental CG uh, short project where they can release it on YouTube and Steam. And based on just kind of like the algorithm and audience feedback, they can kind of tell which of their properties they would like to upgrade to full length feature films. So that happened. What's surprising is that, again, this came out four years ago and it lived on YouTube for free. Uh, you just have to follow the Oat Studio uh, YouTube page. You can watch all the episodes there. Uh, you didn't need a Netflix account, but um, a lot of folks, myself included, uh, only picked up on this studio and the shows they produce just now. Uh, but I do think that they are gaining a lot of traction with this Netflix plug. Uh, it's already gaining uh, a lot of attention um, from the streaming status as well as uh, being featured in news articles that are picking up uh, in the nerd sphere uh, of people who are just now uh, noticing uh, the studio and the awesome content that they produce. So the barometer for, for, for interest is definitely uh, ticking up there, so we might see some of these uh, get that full feature length treatment, uh, so just look out for that. Now, um, if you are you know, a Netflix head, and you notice they definitely are really enjoying bringing in a lot of interesting things, uh, this definitely has that anthology series touch to it, especially if you watch Love, Death, and Robots. Um, this is very similar. Uh, I mean, if you look back at Volume 1, um, a lot of the episodes of Love, Death, and Robot were very kind of sporadic and spaced out and none of them were connecting. Um, so it was surprising to see that, oh, this other studio had a similar idea just on a different platform entirely. But you can see why he probably didn't want to, you know, participate as much because he wanted to bring uh, attention to his own work, his own studio. So it makes sense that he would want to try it on his own before partnering up with Netflix to put out his CG content, which again, there are similarities, you know, between the two, they definitely have uh, differing material. None of them are tied together. They're all more or less just trying to pique your interest and see which one you like best. But I will say uh, what they do share a lot of is uh, the sci-fi genre. Uh, they share a, a love of that um, from Little Different Robots, Volume 1 and 2, being very sci-fi heavy. Uh, and the same can be said about Studio. Um, where they do differ is that with um, Love, Death, and Robots, it definitely had a smattering of some horror content, some thriller content. Uh, Old Studio is, it, it for the most part, is really going for uh, the thriller 
feeling for the horror, uh, particularly body horror. Um, and if you've seen uh, Neil's other work, uh, District 9, Elysium, Chappie, or Demonic, you know that he's very comfortable with showing body parts going through grotesque-esque metamorphosis, let's say. Uh, so you can definitely see that he uh, definitely indulges in that. Uh, and uh, Oat Studio, he goes right into it. And it definitely can feel a little dark. It can definitely feel a little creepy. So I do suggest that uh, if you have a feel-good show prepared, have it ready to play right after you finish watching it. It can be a very unnerving uh, series to watch back to back to back. Now, there are three episodes for me uh, that stood out um, in terms of just sheer awesomeness, as well as particularly uh, really creepy uh, and might make folks just a little bit uh, unnerved. Uh, that's Raka, Firebase, and Zygote. Uh, all um, were directed by Neil, and he also was a part of the writer's room for all these episodes as well. So let's just talk about the first one, Raka. Now, Raka is the first episode out the gate from Oat Studio, uh, and it's definitely, uh, it was a smart decision to do so, because we are introduced to uh, the first lady of sci-fi, Sigourney Weaver, uh, and once I caught her voice and saw her face, I knew that, yes, I am all in what is Sigourney doing in this Tell me she's trying to save the world. Yes, she is. It also has another familiar face, uh, Carly Pope, who appears in the very recent Neil Blomkamp property, Demonic. So you have these two actresses, um, one who, again, uh, as far back as sci-fi content goes, uh, she is just married to it. And when she's in it, you know it's going to be good. And another that was just in a previous prior uh, Neil Blomkamp movie. So it's like, great. Where's this headed? Uh, and in short, we're giving a really uh, interesting backstory. We're told that there's this, this reptilian alien species that's come to Earth uh, to colonize it. Uh, and of course, they have better technology. They also have telepathy, uh, which is an awesome curveball because, yeah, human life is screwed. Yeah, but they got crazy weapons and they can telepathically take over your brain. Um, this, <laughs> the short also did this really interesting, not so subtle commentary on pollution uh, by saying that the aliens, as soon as they arrived, kind of liked our atmosphere because it was kind of already polluted. So they just decided, let's just keep doing what the humans are doing and just ramp up some more of this pollution. Uh, and effectively, they're, just, uh, they're choking out life on the earth uh, by just speeding up uh, our process that we've kind of had a hand in. They're just kind of helping us along with destroying the planet so that they can terraform it and feel right at home. Now, this short does an amazing job of not only giving us some cool content, but really tapping into a lot of like wild conspiracy theories that exist on the internet in this very interesting way. I mean, they give us they give us the alien the they, they give us the space reptiles that uh, are using politicians to uh, give disinformation to people. Literally, there's a scene where they are uh, messing with this politician's brain, and he's going out there saying. The aliens are here to help us. Trust them. Uh, and they keep going further than that. They, uh, they even at a certain point in order to prevent, uh, them from getting into your brain, everyone wears these like brain caps, which is a, is a definite call out to the tinfoil hats. So they're really great at kind of having a very tongue in cheek, uh, take on, Hey, 
these people were right. There are reptile aliens, and the only way to save yourself is to have this special hat on. So kudos to that. That was real fun. Like at, at first, I didn't quite get it because I was just so enthralled by just the sheer amount of uh, amazing CG when it comes to the creation of these reptile creatures. Like kudos to Oat Studio. They looked amazing. But then once you're like, oh, wait a minute. These reptiles are kidnapping politicians and programming them and everyone's wearing tinfoil hats. I see what's happening here. This is, this is, this is, this is funny. Uh, I do, uh, think that there is a lot here. Uh, they gave us a bunch of information of world building of lore. Uh, I would love to see this be a full length film. Uh, I mean, we have the human resistance, uh, fighting against space aliens, uh, on the verge, wiping out all life. Like this is dope. And then just to make it even special, they also drop in some more sci-fi nuggets. At a certain point, they they give us precogs. Yes, they give us precogs. They, this this uh, individual by the name of Amir uh, who survived having his brain um, messed with, and they do a a real fun uh, zoom in of these mechanical pieces that are fully in the meat of his brain pulsating. They really want to show you the, like the full on body horror, but they revealed to us that because he survived, because he's a savant of some kind and there are others like him, uh, he's able to basically uh, see the future. Uh, and they're hoping that he can tip them off on how they can beat uh, the species and how they can win. Uh, and just when you think, Oh man, like they're really throwing a lot at you. Like they decided to throw in a third act hero, uh, alien, Angels. Let that sit with you for a minute. Alien angels. Yes. Neil Blomkamp decides that what this needs is an ex machina of an alien angel. And I'm not kidding you. We see this scene where this guy falls off his motorcycle or out of a car or whatever happened. I was too focused on the fact that as he's like laying on the ground, he looks up. Uh, one of the reptile spaceships gets exploded by this like coalescence of like light and the light begins to form this body and the body fully <laughs> opens up these wings, these angel wings. Uh, and it's like, so this like celestial form uh, opens up and you hear Sigourney Weaver tell us that they came from nowhere and they changed the tide of the battle. And that was it. It just ends on that note. And I'm just like, Sigourney, Neil, Give me more. I got to know more about them. This is amazing. Uh, and hey, hopefully we see more about it. Hopefully uh, they get a lot of feedback and they make this. Uh, I will say if you are the religious type, uh, you might not like seeing that they're alien angels. Uh, I know that I had a great fun time in the comment section of the uh, Midnight Mass <laughs> Of the of the midnight murder uh, <laughs> IG post with a lot of folks. Um, some were IG dogs. Some were police officers who just didn't watch the show, but saw that I asked if Jesus was a vampire and took it very seriously. So, if you are that kind of person, you probably wouldn't like to know that there are space alien angels. So, spoiler alert. This is probably not for you. Uh, and that brings uh, the end to, to Raka. And hey, here's to a Raka movie, because that'd be, that'd be so dope.
Uh, next up out the gate, we have a Vietnam short, uh, Firebase, uh, which it gives you all the Vietnam tropes. It gives you the grainy camera footage, uh, the choppers in the sky, the Viet Cong running through the forest, landmines exploding, soldiers shooting, and of course, the classic for- fortunate song being played in the background. Uh, the greatest Vietnam tropes to be ever played are there. Uh, but, they give us that sci-fi horror twist uh, in an entity named the River God, uh, which uh, this one was dope. Uh, it was amazing. This is another one I'm hoping they make a movie. It just was designed. Uh, it was nightmare fuel. It was so good. We get this uh, this Viet Cong man who his wife was murdered uh, by uh, American soldiers or just in uh, a firefight between the Viet Cong and the American soldiers. Uh, and he gets so angry that he rips the fabric of space and time apart and he, he just becomes this angry deity. Like he, all his skin falls off. He just becomes this walking skeleton. Uh, and to be extra imposing, uh, he puts on armor or he like pulls armor of like muscle tissue and viscera and forms this kind of like meat armor. And it just looks disgusting. <laughs> it looks so imposing. Uh, and he has a, slew of powers uh he's able to reanimate the dead but not only does he make that creepy but he decides to take it a step further uh he reanimates them and he changes their insides to be made of this like chitinous spider uh like shell tissue and of course they gotta show you what it looks like of course you gotta have a scene where they find one of the defeated reanimated corpses they pull the arm apart and they show you all this gross uh insect limbs coming out and like the muscle tissue falling apart um so listener if you're not real comfortable with like body horror uh this is definitely not going to be for you because they show this multiple times to prove like oh look it's not a human it's a bug man and let's show you by pulling apart his leg muscle or his chest tissue look he has like a spider like armor thing underneath his body it's um it's gross it's it's you know plain and simple super gross uh but no his powers are in there he's fully able to also teleport people uh through time uh and it's this really weird uh ability he has uh and we meet this like surviving soldier who faced off against him and like survived and he describes how he was like a part of this like uh he and his and his, and his buddies were shooting at the river god none of the bullets were hitting him uh and they were losing their he losing bad and he makes the unfortunate uh, decision to look at the river god. And as he looks at him, the river god teleports him all the way back to America. And like, I think in Charleston, South Carolina, something like that. Uh, But he's not sure what time it is. Like he's like wheeling like an old school, like Hamilton S cannon. And then this like Russian Gundam spaceship pulls up, does like a, a K turn 
turns <laughs> turns around and opens up like a a, 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 a portcullis and just shoots out like blue flame, sets him on fire, and then he's pulled back into the current timeline, still on fire. Uh, and <laughs> he thankfully survives and gives us this crazy story. And it's like, my God, this River God guy is um, really OP. Like, what's what can possibly defeat this dude? And wouldn't you know it, uh, we meet a sergeant who basically has X-Men powers. Uh, and his powers, surprise, surprise, are like the polar opposite of the River God. Apparently this dude, his ability, again, if you know the X-Men, he has powers like Domino. Basically, homeboy is lucky. Uh, he, he, he goes into combat, doesn't get hit by any of the bullets. Homeboy is like full on Rambo running in a straight line at the enemy. But the definition we get is that life seems to put things in his way so that he doesn't get hurt. So he's like running across the field, a tree falls, the bullets hit that tree. Uh, he steps on a landmine, it gets delayed, blows up a few seconds later, hits someone behind him. Someone like runs across in front of him, they get hit by the bullets. But basically they're telling us that, hey, you and this River God character are drawn to each other because you're like two ends of the spectrum. And we're gonna really get you, you know, in there to defeat him because, you know, the universe seems to want to keep you alive and pit you two against each other. Uh, and, Literally, the last thing we see is they give him this, like, mech suit that amplifies his good luck waves, uh, and he's just gonna go off and fight the River God, uh, which, cool beans, guys, cool beans. Um, all in all, it was really fun. It was entertaining. I do think that for this one, we might get maybe four to five episodes out of this um, to kind of put it all together. Uh, it's not a lot like there, there is a bunch of cool lore, but I don't think it's enough to sustain a full movie because there's just so much uh, technical, mystical mumbo jumbo. This might be a great like short episode, like episodic adventure, boom, boom, boom. And it's over. It's still enjoyable, but maybe if like we got more, backstory around like why the CIA was there or why or who this sergeant was, what's his backstory. We might've gotten some, like some, some more nuggets out of this being a movie potential, but so far, Hey, four to five episodes. I watch it. I check it out and you might like it too. Firebase. It's dope. All right. And lastly, we have Zygote. Oh my God. Zygote. Uh, Zygote is honestly, uh, a real great amalgamation, which is a very fitting word for this series, for this uh, particular short. It's a great amalgamation of films. It combines John Carpenter's The Thing, really Scott's Aliens, and surprisingly, uh, The Last of Us, uh, they definitely borrowed The Rat King, um, from that, I would say. Um, it drops us right into the thick of the drama with our girl Dakota Fanning. That's right. Dakota's up in this. Uh, and she's playing a synthetic canary class uh, android type lady uh, with her human companion. Uh, uh, and they're trying to get to this VIP panic room. Uh, they drop us right in there, y'all. Like compared to the other ones, this one uh, you could tell really wanted to set the tone of of the short that we're going to give you the information we're going to give you, but we really want to design this episode to feel uh, to 
to feel rushed, to feel like you have to get to a certain point. And it played through great. I mean, it really played through with the set, especially. Um, this is a chase short. This is uh, Dakota Fanny's character trying to get from point A to point B, and she's being chased the whole way. So the pacing of this is fast, and it really adds to the overall feeling of the short. So this is the one that I think uh, folks are going to like the most. Uh, the information that we do get is that there's this crystal known as the quartz, uh, and the crystal uh, is able to influence the humans that interact with it uh, by shining light into their eyes. And in doing so, they want to uh, create a hospitable host for the quartz. Uh, and it what started out as combining like some animal parts eventually wound up being 98 human beings being uh assimilated into this contorting mass of body parts that only have a single desire and that's to grow to get bigger and the cg of this is fantastic um you just see this body of just feet and torsos and hands and arms just fully convulsing and contorting as it moves and it looks just so creepy and off-putting and they use it so well at a certain point as this creature is chasing dakota um it has it, it needs to be it, it, it needs to access certain areas of this uh of this base and in order to do so it needs a fingerprint and there's a particular scene where uh the kind of character gets into uh, a, a section of the area closes the door behind her has to keep running uh because the creature's behind her and it's asking for like a fingerprint and the creature fully cycles through all the hands that are attached to its body to find the right hand that's going to open and unlock the door. And this like really unnerving scene of just a bunch of hands, just like touching and rubbing and individually parting and touching the keypad. It's disgusting, but it was so good. Uh, Dakota is like in these tight halls and this creature is just gunning for her and you feel that urgency that closeness and it like makes sure you just feel like just like go go faster you gotta run and it just like the, the like the, the the feeling is heightened as it gets closer and closer eventually we get to the the very end where dakota you know she ducks into that panic room she gets out of there uh you know she gets into that the vip room and like it begins to wrap up like that, that, that's the end of it. But you are the viewer are left thinking that creature can get into that room for sure. Like how long does she have to come up with a plan to avoid that creature coming in there? And this is one again, uh, that should absolutely be a movie. Like I want you to take us back to the beginning, explain this, uh, original scientist who found the quartz, who got the initial, uh, influence to like start chopping up animal bodies and like forming this creature. Give us the full fallout of these 98 human lives that wound up being a part of this body. Like this could be a great horror film. Uh, it could be a great homage to the thing. Uh, and I think that would just be fantastic just to see that amazing uh, start to finish moment. And then maybe we do end in a better scene. Maybe we end with uh, Dakota calling for help and we get that real great uh, horror movie callback of like she kind of escapes, but like the arm that she might have chopped off from the creature is like 
in the helicopter with the transfer with her. And it's like, uh oh, it's going to grow from that part too. Who knows? But there's just so much they could do, uh, with Zygote. So I do hope that we get a push for a movie because it would be mwah, fantastic. Now, there were other uh, notable sci-fi shorts without the horror that you could also peep. Uh, <laughs> there's a short that for my, religion, for my religious folks on IG, who we've already had lovely discussions with already, there is a, a couple of shorts where God is basically playing Sims with humans uh, that I'm fairly certain you will not like, but it is really tongue-in-cheek and really hilarious, so check that out. Uh, Oat Studio, all in all, made a great play by putting their content on Netflix. I know they put in a lot of work on YouTube, and I don't want to knock... Uh, like the effort they put on there and the audience they met there. But I do think that with this um, partnership with uh, Netflix, Oat Studio definitely got another push up to uh, being noticed. And I'm really hoping that, you know, this is not the end of uh, what we're seeing from the studio. I'm hoping that some of their shorts become feature length films because I feel like Neil is doing an amazing job with the crew he has. Uh, so look out for Oat Studio. They're definitely going to be uh, the ones to watch when it comes to sci-fi horror in the future. I know that we were trying to really push for Neil to take over an Aliens film or whatever, but Homeboy's got his own movies that he could probably make and he could make a name for himself from there. So hopefully we see more in the future from Oates Studio. Uh, thank you for tuning in uh, to Marlon's Corner. We're going to continue the uh, spooky sci-fi horror train uh, up through the month of October. We appreciate you for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any uh, feedback or questions about Oat Studio or some other horror properties that you want to talk about, let me know. We can maybe even chat uh, IRL on the show. I appreciate you for listening. Shout out to my producer, E Ming, for being amazing. Uh, and we'll see you next time over the earwaves, back in the corner on Mullen's Corner. See ya. This episode of Marlin's Corner was produced in Richmond, California. 